The reports are that Belichick has one more year on his contract. He's at least under contract through 2024, Jordy. They could try to trade him, but my guess is that they just give him the Tom Brady treatment. You know, you've earned the right to go pick your next destination if you want to continue coaching. I think it's going to be a mutual thing where they let him go uh, and don't try to trade him. You know what I mean? Try to get a draft pick or anything. I think they just do him the solid of letting him go pick his next team. And, and my reaction to that is, thank God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thank God. <laughs> I mean, the personnel decisions post-Brady, they've been ex- unacceptable, especially on offense. This offense is now a teardown. It's a teardown and a rebuild. You know what I mean? It's uh, There's a lot of work to do there. you got to find a quarterback. I'm sorry. I agree with you. It's not Bailey Zappi. He's not going to be the quarterback of the future. You're going to have to go draft a quarterback. You're going to have to tear it all down. You're going to have to build it back up. It's going to be a process. It's going to be years in the making. Welcome into the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. It's great to have you with us. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as I am each week by the great Jordy McElroy. Jordy is the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Uh, If you're jumping on the program for the first time, welcome. We hope you can rate, review, and subscribe. That's the best way to support us, and we do appreciate you. Jordy, how are you, my friend, this week? I appreciate that intro, Ryan. I kind of like that. The great Jordy McElroy. The great Jordy, yeah. Yeah. Great Jordy. Joining the great Ryan O'Leary here. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Coming off of a win, you know, last Thursday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, Ryan, even in a week where the Patriots are coming off of a win, I still feel like this has been – a huge L week with everything that's happened since the last time we 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 kind of we kind of co- congregated. My friend, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right, and I, I think I know where you're going with this. There's a couple big stories that we're going to hit on. I think Tommy Curran's report that a decision has been made on Bill Belichick's future is is a huge story. We'll get into that, but I know Jordy, you've said multiple times as we've been kind of playing out the string on this season. Uh, again, there's only two teams eliminated from the playoffs heading into this week. And the Patriots are one of them. It's the Patriots and the Panthers. That's it. And it's like, wow. It kind of reminds you how bad it's gotten. The Patriots won a game against the Steelers, still got eliminated uh, from the playoffs this past weekend. But you've been calling for more Malik Cunningham. He has been like the one thing that you've wanted to see in the end of the season. You want to see what they've gotten that player. Every time we've kind of talked about, you know, what can we look forward to over these last few games? What can we lean on? That's what you've said. And he's gone. He's with the Ravens. They plucked him off the practice squad, signed him to their active roster. So he reunites with Lamar Jackson. I think they were teammates for a year at Louisville. Uh, I know you're not happy about this move, Jordy. I know a lot of Patriots fans aren't happy. So I'll give you the floor here to start. Your take on the Patriots letting Malik Cunningham leave and sign to the Ravens because they kept him on on their damn practice squad and didn't protect him. It's absolutely stupid. Like, I hate it. And obviously, Patriots fans are upset, and they have every right to be upset. You know, Malik Cunningham, he had a he just kind of had a different skill set than you, than we see with the other guys. You see with Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones or Will Greer, he showed us some stuff in the preseason. Like it wasn't just his ability to run, Ryan. There was some there there was a play there. I remember him rolling out to his right and making a throw that was it, it looked like it was getting ready to be a touchdown pass that ended up being incomplete because the receiver couldn't haul in the pass. I believe it was Trey Nixon. I'd have to go back and look at that play to be for sure. But Malik Cunningham, he showed some ability there in the preseason. And you're, if you're a fan and you're watching the Patriots, you're, you're thinking, what the hell are you doing? Why, why are we not developing this guy at quarterback, which is the position he played in college? Why are we trying to convert him into a receiver? It just made no sense to me all season long. A rookie guy, you're supposed to be developing these players. 
And it just, Ron, it makes me think about Mac Jones's development. You know, I just feel like Mac Jones wasn't developed properly either. So there's obviously a big problem in New England when it comes to developing quarterbacks here. And players are upset. Trent Brown, Trent Brown taking a little dig at the Patriots, you know, talking about how Malik Cunningham, hopefully you go somewhere where you're more appreciated. I mean, wow, that's, I mean, that hurts if you're a Patriots fan sitting here watching this team and just kind of wondering what are they doing right now. And then obviously today Bill Belichick comes out and he, you know, he talks about how the team wanted to keep Cunningham, but, you know, the Ravens, they they ended up basically off having the better pitch for him. You know, they're going to play him at quarterback. He's going to get a chance to work under Lamar Jackson, like you said, a former teammate in Louisville there. But obviously, you know, you're just looking at the Patriots. Why didn't you work him out at quarterback? Like, why are you trying to shoehorn him into a wide receiver position that's not his natural position? I don't get it. It's just it's so frustrating, Ryan. It, but at the end of the day, it's part of the course for this season. I mean, these are our Patriots. This, this is what this organization and this team has become now, the clown franchise of the NFL. Yeah, it, that's frustrating to hear Belichick say that, they wanted to keep him because you could have kept him. Just keep him on your active roster. Like why, why, you know, have him on the practice squad? Then move him to the active roster. You sign him, but then you wave him, and now he's back on the practice squad. Like why are you doing that if you want to keep the player? There's plenty of guys on the fringe of the roster that are inactive each week that you could keep on your practice squad instead, or just cut and make room for uh, Malik Cunningham if they wanted to keep him. They could have. So that's it's frustrating to hear him say that. I mean. It's it's kind of unfathomable, and I understand the anger with Patriots fans, Jordy, because this is the Patriots. This is Bill Belichick. This is a guy that we've lauded for getting the most out of his players, going back decades, right? That's what Belichick does. That's what the Patriots do. They they find a Julian Edelman, and they make the most out of that player's skill set, turn him into you know a fringe Hall of Fame player. Julian Edelman had that kind of career, right? I mean... It's wild that the Patriots could get a player as talented as Malik. You know, they kind of won the undrafted. You know, when when he went undrafted, they kind of won the sweepstakes and got him in, uh, paid him a a pretty good contract to come in here and not figure out how to use him, right? Again, he's on the practice squad. He's signed to the 53-man roster. He's waived. He's signed back to the practice squad. Like, why, why even sign him to the active roster to begin with, right? They had a package of plays for him for one game. Uh, He got six snaps in one game. That's it. We never got to see him as a wide receiver. We never got to see him really as a quarterback. We never got to see him play in meaningful games when, again, the meaningful games are now officially mathematically over for the Patriots, and we have four of them left. So that's what's frustrating to me, right? We didn't really get to see the player. We didn't really get to see if he would work as like a Taysom Hill-style guy, like he comes in for a package, or if if you're making him into a wide receiver. We never got to see him really play wide receiver, Jordy. We never got to see him run the football, end arounds, whatever. We didn't get to see him make plays. And the only explanation we get is, uh, you know, we wanted to keep him, but the Ravens, probably a better situation for him over there. That's annoying. That's annoying, right? I mean, you could have kept the player. And there's really no excuse. If you wanted the player, you could have kept him. So super frustrating, man. I, I totally understand the anger for from you and all Patriots fans. And I guess now the question is, What's next for uh, Lamar? What's next for Malik, right? I mean, is he like now the emergency quarterback for the Ravens during their playoff run, right? Do you think Do you think he could have a bigger role with them, Jordy? Do you think they might actually try to find a role for him? Or is he just the, the emergency quarterback? you got a prediction there for me? Yeah, I think obviously he's just coming in there as an emergency quarterback, I would think. 
um, right now because he kind of has a skill set very similar to Lamar Jackson, and he I feel like he would work in their system. I think it's a perfect fit for him. So Bill Belichick is right there to say that that offense suits him better, but it still would have been nice to see the Patriots make more of an effort to get him in their offense. You know, seeing some of the the Patriots players coming coming out and just kind of you know wishing him well and stuff on his way out, it just it tells me Malik wasn't just another guy in that locker room. You know, he he was a guy that a lot of these Patriots players believed in for some reason, and we never got to see him play behind the scenes. And you, you'd hear a comment from, like, Juju Smith-Schuster who said, I believe it was maybe a week ago, a little over a week ago, he said Malik Cunningham is dangerous at quarterback. And people thought those were just words, but you see Trent Brown come out and say what he said, and some of the other players are coming out and, you know, talking up Malik Cunningham. It just it makes you wonder, did the Patriots miss on something here? And it's just it's incredibly frustrating, man, always letting, letting these guys slip through their fingers here towards the end for Bill Belichick is what it seems like is happening right now. Yeah, and it, and it comes on the heels of this Tommy Curran report on Monday that, and if this was coming from another outlet, Jordy, I might not take it as seriously, but I take what Tommy Curran reports seriously. I think he's one of the better guys reporting on the Patriots on a day-to-day basis. He says a decision has been made on Belichick's future. That's what he's hearing. He said um, on NBC Sports Boston that when they came out of Germany, the conversations I had that week made it very clear that a decision was made, Curran said. They were going to play out the string, and at the end of the year, they were going to have a a parting of ways for a variety of reasons. So, I mean, we all remember that game in Germany. Uh, The Patriots had a a putrid offensive performance. They couldn't score against a mediocre, at best, Colts defense. Mac Jones played awful. He had a terrible interception at the end, and that was the game where Bailey Zappi comes in at the end for the two-minute drive and does the fake Dan Marino spike and throws a pick himself to end the game. It was just brutal, brutal, <laughs> brutal game. Uh, and I guess that was the final straw. So Tommy Curran's reporting that uh, the Patriots are going to move on from Belichick at the end of the year. And I, I don't know if it's going to be a mutual thing or a, a firing or what, but that's coming. And you were telling me, Jordy, before we hit record that you think that might have something to do with why Malik Cunningham didn't work out here, right? Because you think Belichick's handling of the player kind of lends itself to a guy who knows this is his last year in, the, in Foxborough, right? It, go ahead and tell me, give me that take again. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of make you wonder if if Bill Belichick knows something that, that maybe maybe we don't know right now because it just it, it makes no sense to not even give Malik Cunningham a chance out there. And he's obviously, he's a raw talent. He's has a different type of skill set than your offense normally runs. So, you know, you're not expecting Malik to come out here and light games up and, you know, you guys go on like a three or four game winning streak. He's more of a he's more of a project type. Give him that experience and hopefully build him up to be something in the future. That's what we were hoping to see from the Patriots, but we didn't. We just saw more Mac Jones, you know, more than we should have. I mean, literally, Mac Jones could have been benched six games into the season, but this thing is stretched out well over halfway into the season. And now Bailey Zappi's getting rolled out there, and I and I get it. Everybody's is Zappi mania again here, but give me a break, Ryan. I mean, this team isn't back. Bailey Zappi is a worse player than Mac Jones is. He's a worse player than Mac Jones is. I'm sorry. Just mentally, he's more put together, so he's able to be a better version of what Mac Jones is giving us right now. But yeah, it just all of Bill Belichick's decisions they make no sense for for a guy that. That, that would be coaching in 2024, it makes sense for a guy that's trying to win football games to beat 
to beat a record, to be the, the most winningest coach of all time, a record that he continues to chase, you know, it makes sense for him to win football games to make the decisions that he's been making. But in terms of a long-term future, if we're talking long-term, all these decisions to, to keeping Mac Jones out there longer, to, to playing Bailey Zappi, the not giving Malik Cunningham a chance, it just, I mean, dude, it just, it, it reeks of a guy that's just, just trying to beat a record right now. It reeks of a guy who's not really concerned with what gives his team, you know, he's not evaluating for the future because he might know his futures elsewhere. And if you believe Tommy Curran's report, uh, that's exactly it, right? Uh, uh, Curran, more from him, the Germany game, the Commanders game, the Saints game, all huge marquee games, and then the Chargers debacle at home. Uh, just because they won last week in Pittsburgh in primetime, I don't think it quells anything. That's what Tommy Curran said on NBC Sports Boston. Uh, so... The reports are that Belichick has one more year on his contract. He's at least under contract through 2024, Jordy. They could try to trade him, but my guess is that they just give him the Tom Brady treatment. You know, you've earned the right to go pick your next destination if you want to continue coaching. I think it's going to be a mutual thing where they let him go uh, and don't try to trade him. You know what I mean? Try to get a draft pick or anything. I think they just do him the solid of letting him go pick his next team. And, and my reaction to that is... Thank God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thank God. <laughs> I mean, the personnel decisions post-Brady, they've been ex- unacceptable, especially on offense. This offense is now a teardown. It's a teardown and a rebuild. You know what I mean? It's uh, There's a lot of work to do there. you got to find a quarterback. I'm sorry. I agree with you. It's not Bailey Zappi. He's not going to be the quarterback of the future. You're going to have to go draft a quarterback. You're going to have to tear it all down. You're going to have to build it back up. It's going to be a process. It's going to be years in the making. You have the number two overall pick right now. You have a ton of... Uh, cap space the timing is right it could not be better it's time for bill to move on start fresh hit the reset button so uh, uh, that's my reaction love you bill uh, i appreciate him and uh, part of me is actually sad to see him go jordy when you start reminiscing a little bit about you know we've had some good times here i had i was spoiled throughout my childhood you know i, I was but uh, this is really the first time i can remember the patriots being eliminated at this point in the season and you know, having a draft pick this high, it's just a whole different experience. And that's a credit to Belichick and the Patriots and the, uh, you know, the consistency that they've had year in and year out. But it's time, man. Thank God. We need we need somebody else making the decisions, somebody else pulling the strings, new message, new everything. Uh, and I, this is the time. So I, I'm hoping Tommy Curran's report is true, if I'm being honest as a fan, because I'm ready for the next chapter. <laughs> I have been. Now, Ron, I will I will say this right here, though. I mean, and and yeah, like Tommy Tommy Curran is an incredible reporter. So, and obviously, I, I take everything that he says very strongly and to heart. But you know, you also have to think too that that Belichick and and, and Kraft they're going to have a sit down still at the end of the season. Obviously, you know they, as Tommy Curran's reported, they've talked about it. A decision's been made. That's what he was hearing that week. But, you know, that was a few weeks ago, right? And and just knowing this league, Ryan, so much can change. And, and I agree with you. Belichick should go at the end of the season. I don't even care if they win out. But I will say, Ryan, there's something to be said about a near 24-year relationship and working with somebody that long and knowing, knowing that that guy, that Bill Belichick, is responsible for building all of this. I mean, he's the architect of the New England Patriots. Look, I get it. Tom Brady – even, even if you want to make the argument that Tom Brady is more responsible because of his overall talent, well, Bill Belichick's the one that drafted Tom Brady in the end. He chose Brady. He built all of this from the ground up. And 
You get in that room for the last time at the end of the season and everything is about to be final. I don't think this would happen, but I still would not discount at least a 1% chance of, of Kraft just having some hesitancy there when it's all real, when it's all in front of them, and you're getting ready to sever, to, to sever that cord forever. And, and you embark off onto this new journey, which I think is the right thing to do. I'm just preparing fans for that 1% opportunity for that 1% chance that it might not go the way we're all expecting here. But, yeah, I, I expect him to move on from Belichick, but never say never. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I mean, and again, just to read that line from Curry, uh, Curran, I'm sorry, just because they won last week in Pittsburgh in primetime, I don't think it quells anything. What's the key word there? I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. He's, the, he's, exactly. not, he's not saying anything definitive. He's saying that a decision has been made, but, uh, you know, if they keep waiting, I don't think it quells anything, but you never know. And, yeah, I think that's a fair thing to bring up, Jordy, for sure. Uh, and Curry and yeah. obviously heard that information weeks, weeks ago, so it's not like he's, he's been sitting on this information and, and hiding it from us. Right. So he was just kind of telling us, you know, what he was hearing that week, I know people are kind of running with it like it's fact and stuff right now. But, yeah, he's just basically telling us what, what he was hearing that week. So it's leaning in that direction. But, yeah, just, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens ultimately in the end. Now, the other big story was the thing with Pat McAfee and Robert Kraft. McAfee, uh, well, he, Kraft is on the college game day set for Army-Navy at Gillette Stadium this past weekend, which was kind of fun. That, that was kind of cool. Uh, cool scenes there, cool, cool images from Gillette Stadium. Cool to see the stadium uh, rocking. It's been a while. Uh, but McAfee says something. It was kind of a parting little little thing where he said, you know, I don't. we all know what's going to happen. I don't envy your position because we all know what's coming. Uh, and it was obviously about, you know, he's going to have to move on from Belichick. And, and Kraft didn't really respond to it and kind of just like chuckled and shook his hand and said, okay, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, but you noticed, Jordy, that or there was a report out there that caught your attention that the video has been posted on YouTube, but that part of it was scrubbed out <laughs> that that the McAfee and Kraft thing. Now, it, it still lives on other outlets, but because, uh, you know, the Internet is undefeated and if you you could delete whatever you want, but we're going to get it. You know, this is the Internet. But still, uh, that has been officially scrubbed from the record. So can we read into that at all? Yeah. So Alex Barth from ninety eight point five, he he's actually the one that that found that out and he, he noticed the fact that it had been scrubbed on ESPN's official college game day um, YouTube video. If Robert Kraft, if he really believed in Bill Belichick and, he, and that Bill Belichick was the guy that was sticking around, wouldn't he say something? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you go to bat for the guy that, you know, a minute ago I just – I talked about how this is a near 24-year relationship. Yep. I mean, wouldn't you go to bat for that guy? Wouldn't I you say, so. no, 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 Bill Belichick's the guy here, you know? You know, so yeah. some stuff is changing. But Bill Belichick's still our guy. He's still the coach of this football team. And it was this awkward silence. And then finally, Pat McAfee and Kraft, you know, they shook hands and the segment ended. But a lot of Patriots fans were upset at that entire situation. They felt like, I mean, they felt like Kraft was sort of ambushed there by Pat McAfee. So it was just, it was an interesting situation, man. Um it was kind of, kind of funny, but it definitely angered and upset a lot of Patriots fans. Yeah, I mean, I think people that think he ambushed them was it, that's a little strong, but it was definitely awkward. I think you nailed it. It's it's it was awkward, uh, and McAfee made it awkward because that's just Mac. That's what McAfee does. That's why he's doing pretty well for himself these days. He makes things awkward. 
uh, <laughs> and uh, it was it's given us some stuff to talk about. And I guess the next thing we could talk about are, are the baby Chiefs coming off a, a loss to the Bills that they've been bitching about, uh, Jordy, all weekend, all week. So uh, Chiefs, Patriots, we'll get into that one here coming up next. But hey, if you're still alive in your fantasy leagues, playoffs, week 15, congratulations. We got some advice here from the huddle.com on who to start, some starts of the week, and we'll be right back. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 15. Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford versus Washington Commanders. Facing a top-tier Ravens defense, Stafford passed for 294 yards and three touchdowns last Sunday. That gives the veteran 10 touchdowns to just one interception in his last three games. Meanwhile, Washington ranks dead last in passing yards allowed per game at 266, Yards per attempt at 8.1, touchdowns allowed 30, and in the last five weeks, this matchup is 32% better than average. Nine quarterbacks have posted at least 25 fantasy points against the Commanders on the year. DeAndre Swift, Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle Seahawks. Another former Detroit Lion, Swift now has finished with fewer than 10 PPR points in four of the last five games after seven straight useful performances. Fear not, the matchup ahead is extremely favorable and gives Swift a valid opportunity to get back on track. Running backs have averaged the 10th most rushing yards, 5th most receiving yards, the 8th most catches per game, and a touchdown every 19.3 touches, which is the second highest rate since week 9. While risky, Swift's matchup alone makes him a strong play candidate. Wide receiver Romeo Dobbs, Green Bay Packers versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dobbs managed 4 catches for 32 yards against the Giants. That's weak production, but he might be thrust into the clear-cut number 1 role depending on what happens with injuries around him. Christian Watson has a hamstring injury, Dontavian Wicks has an ankle issue, and rookie Jaden Reed potentially is facing a concussion. Against the shaky Buccaneers secondary, Dobbs looks like a possible wide receiver 2 candidate, and this defense has permitted 19 receivers to reach double-digit fantasy territory in PPR scoring. Tight end Isaiah Likely, Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars. A 54-yard score against broken coverage last week made an otherwise modest day much more appealing. Likely has drawn 15 total targets in his two starts since the Ravens lost Mark Andrews and that kind of stable role makes him tough to ignore in any format. The Jaguars have given up three touchdowns over the last 21 tight end catches faced, and only two defenses have allowed scores at a higher rate. This is the number 11 matchup for yardage allowed since week 9, but it's also a neutral 17th for receptions against in the last five weeks. Even still, there's no reason to get away from Likely with this favorable matchup, especially considering how volatile the position is. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The Patriots are uh, home to face the Chiefs, but they're nine and a half point underdogs in this game. And to me, to me, what's interesting about the Chiefs coming in here, Jordy, uh, I know this game was the, the one that was flexed from Monday night to uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, nothing spot. Uh, even if Taylor House is uh, Taylor Swift is in the house, I should say uh, this one got flexed. So, oh well, it's going to happen. Uh, I think what's interesting though, Jordy, is that. The Chiefs are kind of doing to Mahomes what the Patriots did to Brady at times during their dynasty, right? They're hoping the quarterback's brilliance can kind of cover up some warts on the roster as they're as they're trying to keep things afloat, I guess, year to year. It's it's hard to manage that thing. It's it's hard to compete for Super Bowls every single year. The Chiefs have been hosting the AFC Championship game for the last what four or five years in a row or something. And they're on this crazy run, uh, and it's hard to keep things together uh, year to year to year. And I think the Chiefs are kind of stealing a page from the Patriots' playbook in that they're they kind of take a little bit from the offense to kind of keep things afloat and kind of keep building and kind of keep staying. They kind of rely on the quarterback's brilliance to hide the warts, right? To cover up the warts on the roster. But some of those warts are starting to show. 
for the Chiefs, and I think it's been pretty obvious. It doesn't feel like they, they're that same team this year, right? I mean, Kadarius Tony, Jordy, that dude's a wart, right? I would call him a wart. <laughs> uh, so I mean, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about offside skate last weekend, right? That wild finish between the Chiefs and the Bills, I think it just screams to me like Mahomes is counting on, of course, Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey's getting all kind of attention from defenses. So he's got to go to Kadarius Tony. He's got to go to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's got to go to these guys that just have not been able to be consistent for him. They have not made plays for him consistently. He's getting frustrated. I think that's part of the reason why he was blowing up on the microphone and giving all kinds of great sound bites after that game. What's your take on offsides gate and Tony's foot on the line and all that? I mean, Ron, I got 503 million reasons why the Chiefs might be struggling right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there but it is. At the end of the day, cry me a freaking river. Like, look, man, freaking Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's been blessed coming out of college. You had Tyreek Hill for, for, for years. You've had Travis Kelsey your entire career. Like, cry me a river. Tom Brady has done way more with less. And, you know, we're, we're not giving him the pity party here. I mean, dude, you, you sign this huge contract. You get all these players around you. And then now, finally, finally, the Chiefs offense is coming back to back to earth a little bit. They've lost five games. And, and, and poor Patrick Mahomes, you know, his feelings are hurt. Uh, in, in, a, in a game where the call was right, Brian. I mean, he was offsides. You can sit there and see it. He he was offsides. It was the right call. But Patrick Mahomes is clearly, clearly out of line in that game. I get it. He's passionate. He wants to win football games. But, I mean, come on, man. The, the comments he was making when he was going up to the handshake to Josh Allen, I mean, you can't do that. Josh Allen, a guy that's been on the losing end of Mahomes for so many times, and a guy that's always been respectful to Mahomes, you know, he didn't act that way towards Mahomes. Now, yeah. To be fair, Mahomes has come out and basically apologized for all of that, and I respect that. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs, they don't look like the Chiefs of old, Ron. Winning football games in the NFL is freaking hard, you know? Tom Brady had that run early in his career, and then the Patriots, they kind of went there on like a 10-year drought where they didn't win any Super Bowls for a while and finally breaking through against the Seattle Seahawks in the Legion of Boom and getting back in the Super Bowl win category. It's not easy. So for Patrick Mahomes, the guy that's chasing greatness, is chasing the shadow of Tom Brady, you know, he's going to have to get to winning Super Bowls pretty soon here, but he can find some years where there's a drought. Here's one thing I've been saying to people forever, and, and, you know, people look at me like I'm crazy when I say it, but history, history proves me right in this. There's a chance, Ryan, there's a chance that Patrick Mahomes never wins another Super Bowl ever again. Like that that's a that's a fact. That is a chance that that could potentially happen. Now do I think that that's going to happen? No, I think Mahomes will win maybe one or two more. You know, he could win three more. We'll see. I think I think maybe one or two more is more more realistic, but we've seen this before with quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers who went there and didn't go back. You know, Drew Brees won one. You know, a lot like you're you're not guaranteed Super Bowl wins. So, you know what Tom Brady was able to do and the height that he was able to do it at is incredible. And I'll tell you this, Tom Brady never blamed the refs, so there's that as well. No, Tom would scream at the refs, but he would never blame them and cry about it after the game. He would always put it back on the team and himself and say, we got we to gotta play better, right? And he'd be pissed. But he wouldn't you know, give a, a crybaby thing like, like Mahomes did. And just real quick, for, for folks that didn't see it, Jordy, can you, can you share what that, that, that exchange between him and Josh Allen after the game was? Yeah, I mean, he basically he goes up to Josh Allen, and you know he's 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 still complaining about the refs. He, he's calling it a, a BS call, BS offsides call. 
So he's still complaining about the call when when really all you got to do when you go up to the exchange is say, hey, man, good job, good game, walk off. You can say BS call all you want, but in that one moment, give the guy respect. It's not Josh Allen's fault that that, that, that call was made. And here's the thing, that was on a second down. How about you go back? How about you go back? And you and you get the first down, and you march down the field. And you score the you score a touchdown, or you kick a field goal to tie the game. You know they kind of got he kind of got in his own head in that moment. And I and I honestly I feel like Mahomes is just upset for for the season in its entirety. It's just been a frustrating season for him and the Chiefs because they're not playing like he's like he's used to them playing. And you know what? He might need to get used to it. You know, Travis Kelsey's what thirty four years old. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey's not going to be around forever, Ryan. And you look around at the receiving core. I mean, what's that team going to look like then? Yeah, that covers that covers bear. I mean, I like the I like Rasheed Rice. I think he's got a chance, but he still he still has a ways to go too. Uh, yeah, that that team is it's interesting. He's going through he's going through it. Uh, I think the skill guys they put around him is they're a little substandard, and he usually puts the ball where it needs to go. But guys aren't always making plays for him, and that's why he's pissed. He's not really pissed at the refs. He's he should be pissed that his team got down 14 to nothing in that game and it didn't go the way they wanted. And and again, yeah, I agree with you 100%. He was a big baby, horrible look after the game with the handshake with Josh Allen. All you do is shake his shake his hand and say, "Yo, Josh, good game. Stay healthy. We'll see it. Maybe we'll see you again." You know, that kind of thing. That's that's all you do. But it all kind of brings us to the to the game, right? The game uh, Chiefs Patriots. And uh well, we got a Chiefs team that's 8 and 5. They've now got Denver nipping at their heels in the division, Jordy. They've lost four of their last six. They're desperate, right? They can't afford to take the Patriots lightly. So uh, the Patriots have not been good at home this year. And, you know, besides that one game against the Bills with Mac Jones on their center, that that game that still makes zero sense with the way the season has gone, that one game against the Bills, the Patriots won at home. (laughs) The Patriots have been bad at Gillette Stadium, and they're about to go up against a desperate Chiefs team. So I don't love the Patriots' chances of keeping this one close. Uh, I don't. I think the Chiefs win this one going away by double digits. What do you think? Spread again, nine and a half. I'm obviously taking the Patriots. No, I'm just kidding. There's there's no (laughs) way I'm taking (laughs) it. You're like he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't but put Ryan. it past you, bro. <laughs> so, Ron, have you ever heard of a have you ever heard of a boxer by the name of Henry Tillman? Uh, man, I was a huge boxing fan growing up, but I don't I don't know. Most people have it. Look it's him okay. up. I have to look him up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, here's the thing. Most people have it. Before I tell you who he is, have you ever heard of a boxer by the name of Buster Douglas? Yes, of course. Okay, yeah, everybody knows. Buster Douglas is the guy that famously KO'd Mike Tyson and headed him his, his first loss, all right? Yep, my dad bought Henry that fight Tillman. on pay-per-view. I remember that one. Yeah, it was it was an incredible moment in sports, completely unbelievable. Henry Tillman is the guy that Mike Tyson fought after he, after he got knocked out by Buster Douglas. <laughs> oh, that poor man. <laughs> I, I did a piece for the Chiefs wire, and this is the exact example that I gave. The Chiefs are coming in here. They're Mike Tyson. They just got knocked out by Buster Douglas. And here they are coming into New England and Foxborough. And they're going to treat the Patriots like Henry Tillman. They're going to KO the Patriots. Yep. This is going to be an ugly game. I have it 27-13 to 13 Chiefs in this game. I expect Mahomes to be angry coming out. 
You know, surely he hears some of the chirping and the Tom Brady comparisons. What perfect timing for him to hear all of that. And then he's going into Brady's old stomping grounds in New, in New England where he's going to try to embarrass the Patriots and put some points on the board. On this Patriots defense, it's actually been pretty good. But Pat Mahomes is the best in the world, you know. No, no matter what I said about him, it is what it is. He is kind of – he's being a crybaby about the whole Bills game. Still the best quarterback in the world. Still incredible at what he does. I expect him to come into New England and embarrass the Patriots, who are kind of riding this Bailey Zappy high a little, a, a little too much right here. You know, people, we we love to talk about how Bailey Zappy looked like the second coming to Tom Brady in the first half of that Steelers game, but we we, we never talk about the second half when he comes out and he throws forty four yards and they don't score a freaking point in that game, <laughs> and the defense has to clean up after him. I expect him to struggle against a Chiefs team that can get after the quarterback a little bit. You know, so it's just I don't see the Patriots getting by this one. I expect it to be a blowout. I think these are these are great odds to take. I like the Chiefs by double digits as well. So that's the prediction portion of the show. And now, Jordy, I guess we sign off. What are you working on for Patriots Wire? A lot of Malik Cunningham stuff. Anything else that fans should watch for on Patriots Wire leading up to kickoff? Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about Malik Cunningham stuff. And then, you know, obviously breaking this game down heading into Sunday and Patriots fans, they're, I've noticed, I've noticed, Ron, they're, they're really excited about draft, about draft talk. Anything draft talk has been, has, has been great right now. Cam Garrity, he actually, he's one of our writers and he, he put out a, a, a seven round mock draft that's done really well. People are just excited, man. I think they're just, they're excited to turn the page on this season and start fresh. I know I'm excited. Love Bill Belichick. Time to go. Let's start with someone brand new. Let's get towards free agency in the draft and rebuilding it, rebuilding this thing. Because the Patriots, they have the assets that if they do it right, if they do it right, you know, some good, some really good things could be coming in 2024. So look out for that. We're still previewing 2024 while also previewing this this mess of a season that we're still in, unfortunately, right now. Yep. Yep. There it is. I mean, I mean, going going back. I can barely remember a year where the Patriots were eliminated again, eliminated at this point. We're picking that high in the draft of 2024, projected number two right now. You look at the mock drafts, it's Drake May all over the place, right? Caleb Williams one, Patriots, Drake May two. So uh, that's exciting stuff when you get a chance to draft one of these quarterbacks at the top. It's never the Patriots. It's not our experience. Yeah. We're usually picking at the end of the first round and trading back. That's usually the experience of the Patriot fan. So I get why people are excited about the draft. And now it's it's a great time to look ahead to the draft when you're mathematically out of the playoffs. There's nothing really to play for now. It's It should be about the future. And it sounds like there is some momentum um, on that front. And Jordy and I will keep checking back in and probably talking about 2024 as we weave in the, the final weeks of this season. But Patriots, Chiefs, it's always fun to play those guys. It would be fun to play spoiler this week if they could stay in it. So there's reasons to watch the game. Patriots fans are always going to spit venom at the Chiefs. We don't want them you know, trying to think they're going to have a dynasty like we had, right, Jordy? So there's always going to be some venom with the Patriots fans. It's always a fun week going up against Pat Mahomes. Uh, so we'll do that thing this weekend. And then Jordy and I will be back next week to break it all down. We appreciate you joining the show, and we'll catch you next week. 